Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Magically Cruising where we talk about all the latest cruise news, tips and reviews of cruise ships. My name's Kieran, I'm the host and I'm joined by my fellow hosts as well, Sarah and Donna, if you guys want to say hello. Hi everybody. So this week we have decided to help you guys find the perfect cabin when you are booking your cruise. It's always a really tricky topic because there's so many things you need to consider. So we've kind of put together a bit of a list of our top recommendations of the types of cabins you should be looking for and the things you need to look out for. And I think a really good place to start is just kind of explaining what the different types of cabins are available on a cruise ship. So Sarah or Donna, do you guys want to go first and just explain kind of the basic different types of categories you can get when you are picking a cruise? Okay, so if we look at the different types of cruise cabins you get, because unlike a hotel, you've got a multitude of choices, which can be quite confusing for your first cruise. So first of all, you've got your inside cabins. These are inside of the ship, so you've got no windows. Then you go on to an ocean view cabin, and in an ocean view cabin, you've got a window, but not a balcony. Then you've got a virtual balcony, which is an inside cabin with an outside view. But we'll go more into that later. A Julia suite. And then you've got your full suites, which they come in all different levels, all different shapes and sizes. So I think as yeah. well, like some of the newer ships as well are adding more and more categories as well. I think is it Icon of the Seas adds eight new categories alone to Icon on top of already the number of categories that they have. Um, so it can be a bit complicated, can't it, to kind of know what type of cabin to book. But ultimately, that just means the, the size of the cabin, the facilities you'll get available in the cabin and where that cabin is going to be on the ship. Yeah, and we... Obviously, you've got the family cabins as well. So you've got the ones and you've got interconnecting cabins. Uh, and you have some that have two bedrooms and suites. Obviously, no one wants to So knowing where and what to pick for your family is quite hard as well, isn't it? So if we start with inside cabin and the benefits of inside cabin, I mean, what would you guys think is the benefit of booking an inside cabin? From a from an agent's perspective, what, what would you say is the benefit? It's always going to be it's going to be the cheapest cabin available on a cruise ship. I think that's going to be the first saving you're going to make. Um, and a lot of people I speak to are in two minds about it. They're either going to be the cabin is part of the perk of the ship, so the facilities and the features are the reason why they're sailing, or the ship and the destination is the main thing. So most of my customers who book an inside cabin will always say them they're never in it. They use it to sleep, and they just kind of want to get out, explore the ship, and explore the ports. Um, a lot of my customers who book inside cabins sail more frequently because they are generally paying less for their cruise fare. So that's obviously going to be the perk of if you are sailing on those lines where they have really good prices on their inside cabins, then you're going to be able to save a lot of money in the long run and, and sail more frequently as well. Have you, You've stayed in one, haven't you, Donna? Did we stay, was it the same cabin we, we once cruised years ago? And did we, what well, did we stay in inside one? Yeah, we both stayed in the inside. I mean, how did you find it? So I've been in an inside one. Only once, I think, and it was on a short cruise. We thought, oh, it's only a few days, it'd be fine. Um, but it was going across the Irish Channel over from Southampton to Cork. And it was particularly rough. So not being able to see outside and waking up in the morning, swimming around at pitch black, um, I didn't feel too good that day. Which is, that's another thing to go into. But um, but I, I didn't like the fact that it's pitch black when you wake up. Um, I know some people are not bothered by that. Some people help them sleep. For me, I like to be able to see outside. I was going to say, I've had like two mild mini panic attacks sailing on an inside cabin, once on Disney and once on Virgin. And again, the rooms are great. You can't fault the facilities. You still get kind of, you know, the bed and everything. But as you say, waking up after a few too many drinks (laughs) when you're in an inside cabin and 
the air conditioning works a bit different because you can't get fresh air as easily. Um, so definitely waking up a little bit worse for wear after a rough um, sea, particularly on our transatlantic on Disney. Um, I did then go and ask to upgrade to an ocean view because I couldn't do another 10 nights inside an inside cabin doing a transatlantic voyage. <laughs> it, was a, it wasn't it wasn't great for me personally. Um, I just like seeing the land, yeah. I think, and for people who suffer maybe with motion sickness as well as seasickness. I think being able to see the horizon if they are struggling a little bit, which this was self-induced, I was hungover. Um, I think that definitely helps go a long way if you can just open that window and have a look outside and see fresh air or just step outside your balcony if you are feeling a bit worse for wear and calm yourself down a bit. On the positive of this, I've done it twice. So the first time we did it with the boys when the boys were little and for Chris and I, we decided it wasn't the way forward because we liked the view, but the boys slept like mad. So nah. we used to have to drag them out of bed in the morning because they're very much, it was, if it's light, they're awake. So that was a real yeah. bonus for us. So they just, they slept forever. The last time was last year and a girlfriend and I just booked a last minute cruise. It was an absolute bargain and it was an inside cabin and yeah. it was fine. It was on Pino Iona. The cabin was gorgeous. Yes, it would have been nice to have a balcony for the views, but actually if, if a last minute come up again and it was an inside cabin, where before I wouldn't really have considered it, I would now. I think it does vary a little bit it, on kind of yeah. why are you cruising ultimately. Um, are you cruising because you want to go to these bucket list destinations like Alaska or, you know, the Norwegian fjords where the destination yeah. is is the reason you're sailing or are you going away for a different reason? So we did it as well, a short cruise. We booked an inside cabin and other than my hungover-induced panic attack, the other times it was fine. And as you say, the best night's sleep I've ever had because there was no light waking me up in the morning. Well, um, so there are definitely perks to it, 100%. You know, you do get the best price of, of, of your sailing. And on our last Royal Caribbean cruise, as you walked down the, the corridor, when the cabin steward was cleaning, you could see in the virtual cabins. And they were amazing because they had the same view that we had. But what I really want to try is the Disney virtual cabins where Mickey's swimming past... I really want to see that because that must be fab. They're really cool. Yeah, I think that's the cool thing in it because you do get to still get that view of outside um, via kind of a virtual yeah. window. Which at Disney call them virtual portals and they're on the fantasy and the dream. Um, but then Royal Caribbean, they have theirs as well, don't they? Right. They're virtual balconies as well, which are floor to ceiling, I believe. Yes, they are. And they, they look great. Really? If you've got children, then sometimes you want that outside view. Or it... I used to worry about mine falling off the balcony. So that's a great bonus. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they can't fall yeah. off it if it's not real, it. I guess. <laughs> the outside, you've got a bit of peace of mind then, haven't you? You've yeah. got a bit of fright. And, uh, and uh, I think you can turn them off. God, you have turn them off at night. got curtains. You just draw the curtains. Oh, wow. <laughs> yourself one of them, no, no. Yeah. I think it's just great to have those options, though, as well. So like, there are ways people can book a cabin without having to spend a fortune for a balcony. There are other ways to do it. I know more and more of the newer ships are built in majority high percentage of balcony facing cabins i know like virgin for example and i think um, sky princess especially are very very high in the balcony cabin yeah. um, category they don't have that many inside cabins um, just because the majority of sailors do want to book a balcony but it is great that there are options my tip though if you do want them is to book as early as possible um it's particularly more the family ones on brands like piano and that because they are the cabins that will go first yeah. guaranteed without any failure do you, know, do you know what we did? Just a last point on the inside cabins on on our last cruise. The first thing we did when we woke up in the morning is we turned on the virtual the, the TV, so yes. you can see where you are in port. And it's not the same, but it's a, just a bit of a tip if you are in the inside cabin. Know where you are. Yeah. Balcony yeah. cabins, then. Oh, another balcony. That's my favourite. Um, 
and we've done ones at the back of the ship, ones at the front of the ship, uh, which is normally slightly bigger balconies. Um, and for some reason, we always play a bit safer with a kit because well, they're not down to another balcony. So they're probably just going to like, oh, because they're about, or they're, they're never going to fall over the balcony anyway. But it just felt a bit safer than it was to see. I know that's totally not the, the answer, but um, no, I, I love a balcony. That's my favorite. Run little bit of spike outside spines. I think we've become, I did say to Phil after that transatlantic with Disney, that unless it's a short sailing, we would do an ocean viewer up. Um, I always stretch to a balcony and I'm one of the people, my mantra is I will happily sail less frequently if it means I can sail on a balcony. I'd rather save my money towards a balcony because it does for me make a big difference when I'm sailing. There's nothing better than kind of enjoying your breakfast on your balcony um, in the morning type of thing or, you know, on our favorite line, Virgin, where they've got their... Um, hammocks on the balcony as well honestly sitting in that hammock sailing into port first thing in the morning is just it's worth the voyage price alone you know that for me is worth the money so i do i'm a bit of an advocate of saying balcony only and when i do my cruise offers i try to price them at a balcony just because that's what the majority of people do want as well um i just yeah i i'm a bit of a snob when it comes to balcony or, or kind of ocean viewer up, but i aim for a balcony era you know, when we the boys were younger again because i was so so super paranoid until donna and i discovered after balconies like you say they'd only fall into the balcony below and break an alarm which because we, we, both, we both had climbers didn't we so do you remember once they once climbed between the balconies do you remember darren caught them and they climbed they were five they climbed between the balconies unfortunately they'd only fall in but obviously we all went absolutely mad oh my god yeah so we had real the, it, you know they were climbers so uh, what I really used to love was the um, ocean view balconies that have got the really deep windows. And I remember once, I've got a, I won't share it, but I've got a gorgeous picture of Joe just in his little pants. He was only about three. And he's asleep on the window, like Mowgli. Just, he, he looks so cute. And like the, the Disney have got the virtual, haven't they? So that's a great one for families that they can sit and enjoy the view. But yeah. you can go and have a shower and you're not worried about him falling off the ship. So, and it is a real worry with little ones. They all have, um, they all have a little catch that are quite high up to shut the balcony doors. I've never been on a balcony room where you can't shut it. Obviously, if your child's 10 or 7, 8, 9 or 10, they will be able to reach that and do it themselves. You're not going to leave your child in the room when they're already No, but you want to be able to go to the loo, don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just might be able to open it. And obviously, if you're out there, be aware that there are stalls out there. There are chairs out there they can stand on. Don't let them do that always be out there with them or they come inside and you shut and you lock the door one thing that i've seen a lot of my couples do when they book in with their families is they book maybe the balcony for themselves as the parents but they put the kids in the um, inside cabin opposite right. um just so they haven't got that fear because again it is a, a genuine fear now i know there's rules around 18 or below by themselves in the cabin and there's ways around that if you speak to the, the cruise line or your agent um just down to the way you book it more than anything but that's one way to do that ultimately is to put the kids in an inside cabin directly across from you just so then they're nearby but they're not kind of in a balcony by themselves or you'd like you say you're not having to worry about them being in the yeah. room climbing over balconies things like that and you're also saving money because you're not paying for two balconies yeah if we do connecting well that's what we did on our last one and it did work because we opened the balcony the divider so i mean they're yeah. older now and they're not going to climb over the balcony but i think it's just something if they're younger you just can't let them out there and like you say you've got to use that lock at the top but what I did love, not having the kids with me this last time, they're obviously they're adults now, so I didn't just leave my kids at home. But 
it's definitely get we didn't go for breakfast once we just had it on the balcony every day and like you say that's the beauty you can work on there the, the space and what's it called that bit of where it sticks out hump balcony oh with the slightly longer balconies yes. yeah so they're bigger yeah where they try and widen the ships now in certain oh, parts isn't it yeah. yeah so if you get one just on there it you end up with a bigger balcony so that i always try to get one on the hump just to get that bit more space Okay, right, so what's our next category? We've done the balcony and the material. I guess, and I think this is something that Donna, maybe you're an expert in sailing yacht club as you do with MSC, but I guess the next category is going to be suites ultimately and just kind of, yeah, is it worth the money to look at a suite when you're sailing? Well, so we obviously first did our suites on Royal Caribbean uh, and you've got obviously got your junior suite and you've got everything up above that, right up to your sky and stuff, star, star cars. With a journey suite, you obviously get your double points for your crown and anchor, um, but you don't really get your suite perks. So you don't really get um, access to any suite lounge or coastal kitchen if there is one. So if you're going on a smaller ship that doesn't have that, the extra um, lounge facilities, you might as well just get the junior suite for your extra points. But um, if you want to go on to one of the larger ships, which has got the complete coastal kitchens or the complete suite neighbourhoods like on Wonder and Seas, then you may want to be in those areas. So then you need to be anything up from a grand suite. There is a grand, there's two bedroom suites as well. You've got your loft suites, which are over two floors. You've got the big family suites. Um, and they are the bigger suites coupled with obviously your drinks packages and everything like that. But obviously the normal standard suites do normally come with Wi-Fi. And that's similar on most um, different suite classes. But we, we generally go for a grand suite on a broad Caribbean or a... Yacht Club suite. Um, they do indoor suites, actually, in Yacht Club. Which I thought was interesting with MSC Yacht Club, yeah. Yeah, we haven't done one of those yet. Just a regular large balcony suite. And it is a ship within a ship. It's an completely different prison experience. Completely I was going to say, that's, that's probably something to have a quick think about as well, is just the certain cruise lines that do offer the ship within a ship experience. Like, obviously, MSC Yacht Club, that's what it is. It's a ship within a ship experience. And then I know NCL, they have their Haven experience as well. So once you book Sweet Clash, you're in your own little bubble as well there. And there's a third one whose name is eluding me at the moment who do it as, oh, sorry, Celebrity Cruise Lines also have it as well with their Sweet Class as well. I think that's an interesting subcategory as well of kind of Sweet Cabins because you can still get a suite that isn't part of that system, but then you then enter into the ship within a ship concept as well. Have you guys ever experienced that or do you have any kind of thoughts on is that a perk or is that a con of sailing in those classes? No, I mean, I know that MSC, you can get a suite, but it's not necessarily in your club. It can be an Aureus suite. So then you've got uh, extra things like you've got your own um, sunbathing area and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I, I, I think it's worth the extra money, but it's not going to be to everyone's taste or what it's worth. What do you think, Sarah? It's obviously popular, isn't it? Because is it Princess have just announced that they're going to have their own suite lounge, aren't they? On on which, Sudden Princess. Is that what is it? Yeah, it's the next ship, isn't it? So um, I had a quick look the other day, and it, it does look gorgeous. I mean, at the moment they do club class, so you get extra benefits. You've got an you've got your own separate area in the dining room, and we did that on the last Princess cruise, and it was lovely. But it's not. I mean, when we was on NCL last week, uh, you I had a quick look round what's it called the haven and it's that you know they've got a pool and so yeah i definitely think it's it's always budget dependent isn't it on what you want to spend on a certain Absolutely, trip yeah. but i mean we've booked on to the next cruise and 
I think that would be a real perk to be able to find out. And for myself, I want to see what it's like and and try and see what the benefits are. There's certain things that that are that are pluses, and and again, they're all different. And you generally get to eat a different restaurant. Yeah. And that was one thing I noticed on my last cruise because it didn't have a yacht club. It was in the main dining room, and I and I the difference because it's normally a much smaller, quieter restaurant, a bit like a speciality dining, basically. I dine in a speciality dining every night. Um, I noticed that was a bit different from going into the main restaurant, which was quite loud and quite lots going on. Um, and then the other plus size having your own area to sunbathe. We all know what it's like the sunbathe and trying to get your bed. So I like the fact that I don't have to panic so much about get a bed and stuff like that. So, uh, and it is it is a nice it is a nice feeling when you're greeted. You get to a little bit more feels a bit more personal. I think. This is potentially really controversial to say this, but do you think the cruise lines are introducing these kind of ship within a ship concepts because the ships are getting bigger and bigger and those features and those that, that nice feeling you have of being in that kind of smaller, more intimate ship is because they're no longer building smaller ships as much as they were before. So if you want that kind of smaller ship experience that you used to get maybe, say, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you have to book on one of the maybe six-star cruise lines now that specialize in that smaller boutique experience, whereas now the bigger ships are adding you know, more and more cabins, more and more berths, but then they're introducing these premium elements of the ship to kind of re to connect with those customers who maybe are used to that more hand-holding experience. Do you think that's a trend that we're going to keep see going, or do you think it's something that is just at the moment because the ships are being built so big? Is it NCL that we we went to a presentation by NCL? I don't know if you was. I'm sure you were there, Donna. You may have even been there, Kieran. It was a clear event, and they were saying that yeah. they're not going bigger. They're going to start going smaller. So I think yeah. it's. I mean, obviously, World Caribbean are going to just keep going bigger and bigger. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be an island. There, there is a limit to this yeah. to find it, isn't there? It will be an island eventually. But, but, but one thing to note, actually, of just booking as a family and when they're older, not always, but sometimes it works out similar price to get a suite than get two cabins. When you've got travelling as four adults, I've noticed that, as I say, not always, but there are cases where you might as well have the suite benefits. Yeah. Definitely. And then it depends whether you want your children to have the sweet benefits. I know that we have considered before we've gone in one and they haven't because they can, certainly on Royal Caribbean, they can eat with you a few times the odd night if, they are, if they're allowed you to have to ask. But there are certain things that you do. And, it obviously, and to be fair, if you've just got the sweet lounge, that kid's never went in there. They, did, they, they couldn't get free alcohol anyway. So they wasn't interested in coming into street lounge with us. So, um, if it hasn't got a restaurant, then it's even better. So there's lots of different options you can discuss really when you do that. Yeah, because you can yeah. have a connecting balcony cabin, can't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we can still go in and out street lounge when we want to get our drinks and stuff. The kids never went in there. So they just have their room in a normal cabin. Brilliant. <laughs> we say we've decided on a cabin. Okay, so we're going to have this category of cabin, but then that's just not it, is it? Because then there's so nope. many other factors. So, <laughs> so the first one, I'm not seasick, but I don't, you've both mentioned that you've both been seasick in the past. So if you are seasick, that's a big factor, isn't it, when choosing your cruise cabin? So what tips and advice would you give? So definitely lower down in the ship as loud as possible so you don't get that rocking. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I love it. <laughs> you know you're on a ship. Yeah, I know. <laughs> we still get a, a degree of rock, but if it was really, really rough at sea, oh. you're going to get a lot more rock at top and bottom. 
space and more really with obviously the ship's technology today anyway. Um, so definitely lower down in the ship, towards the middle of the ship. So from at the front or the back, middle of the ship or an interior cabin towards the middle of the ship would be better. There's also the concept as well of kind of whether you want to be middle, forward or aft as well. Right. And everyone's got totally different opinions on it. I think the prevailing choice is obviously, as you say, about motion sickness and how much of the ship you want to feel. The other thing to consider then is kind of how close you want to be to ship facilities. What do you use more? Are you somebody who wants to be closer to the buffet? Then generally you're going to want to be in the aft of the ship because buffets <laughs> tend to be at the aft of the ship. Uh, if you want to be close to the pool deck, things like that, then obviously you kind of want to head towards the top of the ship. Whereas if you're more somebody who wants the kind of bars and restaurants, then you want to be down towards kind of the mid middle of the ship on deck, say, five, six, seven. I think that's a big thing to factor is how, how would you plan to use the ship? Do you want quick, easy access to the pool deck every day because you're a sun worshipper? Or are you like me and Phil and you're more about the bars and things like that? Then you want to be kind of, you know, closer to those features. You're not having to walk or stumble back so much at the end of the night type of thing. For me, it's coffee. You know, coffee. <laughs> I, need, <laughs> I need to get up and have a coffee. So I need to be near somewhere that I can just bung a dress on, grab a coffee and come back to my room. Or late night cookies and hot chocolate <laughs> <laughs> on the way home. That's better. Another thing I thought of, uh, which a lot of people say as well, is if you've got someone in the family that's not so able-bodied, um, to have something climbs to the animators. If you've got someone that can't walk very far, yep. they're near an elevator, it's easier for them just to go straight back to their room. Because often people avoid the elevators because they're going to be noisier because people are full time. High footfall I, areas. Not first, they've never had a problem being near a, a lift, lift doesn't say anything. But um, I do think if you've got someone that can't walk all the way down the corridors, because some of them are very long, then near a lift to an elevator for them would be better as well. I do always try to book myself or customers if they're willing to pay for that and I'll, I'll touch on that in a second i always try to be slightly further away so i'm not right by right. the entranceway just because particularly mainly as well on the family lines as well and i know disney i wouldn't say problem problems a strong word but you could hear definitely early hours in the morning when the kids are excited and getting up they would run down the corridor and you could hear dum 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 type of thing as they're running towards it so the further away from that you are the less prone you are to hearing yeah. kind of that that excited running in the morning should i say um, but it is worth pointing out that the majority of cruise lines do charge for the perk of picking where you are on the ship yeah. as well. And these desirable locations have been in the middle of the ship and kind of near the features. On a lot of cruise lines, not all, they do have different classes within the same category that are based on the, where the ship yeah. is, on, where the location of the ship is as well. So if you are somebody, and I've just had a customer now who's just paid quite literally almost double the price for a balcony cabin because she specifically had to be midship because she suffers with seasickness. So she had to have that midship section and because of how close we are to their sailing, a lot of the kind of, you know, value um, categories are gone. So you there is a premium if you, for most lines if you do want to choose them, where you specifically want to yeah. be on the ship. So keep that in mind. And if you are somebody who has that desire to be in a particular location, then definitely book as early as you can as well, because those cabins are also the ones that go first. Well, it's like the kids' clubs, isn't it? I mean, I'm not going to say I've carried them back because I made Chris do it. But it's a long, <laughs> it's a long way because you've got a sleeping toddler. And I mean, our kids loved the clubs and the nightclubs and watching the videos. And so you'd pick them up and that Joe particularly would always be asleep and you'd have to carry him back. So you don't want to go too far. The same if you're going in the gym, you don't want to come out of the gym sweating, do you? And walk all the way across the ship. <laughs> but do you know what we've, we've not mentioned, which is really, really important, is accessible cabins. Because we've done quite a few tours, haven't we? And, and they're a lot bigger. Um, I've seen quite a lot of controversy lately of people, families going and booking them. And I don't, I don't think you should be allowed to. I really don't. Our oldest has got diabetes, but I wouldn't book an accessible cabin because he's not in a wheelchair. He doesn't need 
that space. So I think that's, yep. they, I think they do, there's a limited amount of cabins, which is a shame, yep. but I suppose they can only put so many on. But there are, there is that option if you've got a family member in a wheelchair that, or needs a bit more space, has got mobility issues, then there are cabins. And again, it goes back to the thing of any of these limited availability cabins, definitely you want to try and book these as early as possible because there's only a handful of these, a handful of insights on some of the newer ships, handful of the family cabins, handful of like five or six berth cabins. These will be the cabins that always go first because there's not many of them. So definitely try and plan as early as possible to book them if you want them. Oh, I don't I, I don't know for a lot about solo cabins. I know they're quite hard to find. But I do think they do. Oh, this is <laughs> the hot topic. Like, yeah? <laughs> NCL do solo on definitely on the Encore and the Bliss. So probably is it Majoy as well? I don't know. But they do solo districts. And they're brilliant because you've got solo cabins. They are inside, but they've got their own lounge. And if you're traveling solo, then they're, they're nice and safe. It's it, it looks like quite a good area. Yeah, it's great that it's his own key carded area as well. So only other solos can kind of get into it as well. And as you say, you've got that little breakfast area. And they include yeah. kind of tea, coffee and some snacks in that breakfast lounge. Um, so you can bump into the other solos as well. Um, another line that's really good for solos as well is actually Virgin Voyages. They have a handful of um, solo insider cabins, but also Ocean View um, solo cabins as well. As they've kind of been launching and sailing more, they've also now started introducing a kind of solo meetup as well. So on the first day when you check in, there's like a dinner arranged for other solos to go to if you wanted to. That's hosted by Virgin. And then they have a list of different activities as well, where they will have a solo host as well to look after you as well. So they do a really, really great job. And their Happenings cast, which is their version of the entertainment crew, they do a great job as well of just looking after you. They know roughly who the solos are and they kind of do a good job of just making friends with you to make sure you're okay and you know what's happening. I think it's really great to see. They're the two lines I know of the, the most who have really great offering for kind of solos, at least where they have a dedicated product, I would say, for solos more than just a handful of cabins they will let go to solos. MSC, um, they do some quite good deals for solo single travellers. MSC have uh, some great rates for solos, yeah. yeah. met a few on our recent trip, and actually they did sit them together at dinner. So I, I don't know if everyone wants to do that, but they had table solo travellers, so they all got to meet each other. They did meet up before as well. So, But um, I'd imagine quite a lot of the river cruises do it as well. They had some cabins down below that literally had one, one bed in them. I'm trying to think who it was. And remember Emerald, not Emerald? Emerald and Scenic, isn't it? They've got um, a couple of solo cabins as well. Um, yeah, you're right. I can't remember. They're the two lines that jump out to me, for, as in I remember seeing their solo cabins. But yeah, you're right. There were a handful of solo cabins as well on some of the river ships that we visited, weren't there? Oh, definitely. And the other thing is we've said about where you should be. You should be here. You should be there. Or where do you want to go? Get to go to the spa. But we're definitely one of them. You don't like boys at beds being dragged across in the yeah. morning. They've up. like the full deck. Yeah. Um, don't be a below the buffet. Definitely not. Uh, like buff like wind jabbers, you've got the chairs and uh-huh. and stuff like that. Um and a few others like that where it's just quite noisy. A good tip that somebody gave to me was definitely you want to be surrounded by a cabin on every direction. So you want a cabin left and right of you, you want a cabin across the corridor from you, and a cabin below and above oh. you as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that way then you're more likely to avoid any of those pitfalls. Like we've all been stuck against a housekeeping cabin, I'm yep. pretty sure, like, on one of us. Our... <laughs> or when you're looking at that sort of like deck guide and you can see this 
space next to you that's <laughs> on it. And then go, what is that? And it's like, Johnny's going in and out, or, or it's a cabin crew exiting right in the morning, they're coming out and bringing stuff out from say, so, yeah, yeah. Or what's around that cabin? That transatlantic with Disney, we were a 100% inside cabin next door to the laundry <laughs> cupboard as well. And oh, it was just awful from like six in the morning, just bang, bang, bang all day. So, I'm not an advocate of like saying that there are bad cabins, but definitely avoid anywhere near a laundry closet. It's the worst thing. One of the worst experiences for us was noise, and I I'll have to look up exactly where it was because I'm not sure how to find this out. But it was right next to where the anchor drops. No, it was. It was a sorry. It was a Royal Caribbean, and it it was literally right where it came in, and that sound it was so loud, but. Yeah. I've not really heard a lot of people say about that, but for some reason, this cabin we was in was very, very loud. I don't think cabins are that close to them anymore now because, yeah, it, it used to be a big problem, but I think more and more ships now put stuff at the front of the ship. Yeah. Can I tell you my cabin story before we go? Go for it. You know it, you know it don't you? <laughs> so I was sailing on Amma Waterways and we were at the very back cabin on Amma Magna, which is just a magnificent oh. ship. <laughs> and... <laughs> We were on, we were on it was on their maiden season so um at, no one had ever stayed in our cabin before and we were there with guests as, at the time the crew the um UK director so it was it was a fam trip there was lots of agents on and every night I went to bed and our bed shake shook it just shook every night and I kept saying to the it, the bed shaking and, and they just couldn't work it out they'd come in and have a look and I wasn't so worried about me because I could sleep for anything but you only think the next guest is going to be a pain guest and they're, they're going to be annoyed about this. So then one night we'd had loads to drink. And like, I don't know, everybody was singing in the bar. It was, a, it was a fab night. One of a few wines. Went back to bed. Chris got into bed, went to sleep. He was snoring. And literally the whole bed was shaking. So I got up, got dressed, went to the bar where I put my denim jacket over my pyjamas, went, went to the reception and said, can you please come to my cupboard because my bed's shaking. <laughs> Why didn't I ring him? I don't know. So, I'm <laughs> terrified. And I've got him back to the cabin. And I said, you'd have to be quiet because your husband's in bed. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the light is off. So I said, I'll turn it on. I mean, honestly, this poor bloke must have been terrified. He came in and the whole bed was shaking. Chris is in bed. I was like, they've covered him over. And then, uh, but yeah, he just stood, <laughs> he stood, went like that on the ceiling and it stopped. You can't, you can't stand like can't that stand one <laughs> But it was it was nothing. It was a screw. And in the next morning, they, there was something. The screw had come loose in the ceiling. But I must have terrified this bloke so much. And like everybody was laughing about it on the cruise the whole week. Because it was like, I can't believe I went and asked the man to come in the, my cabin because my bed was shaking. We <laughs> set through it all. <laughs> anyway, fixed it. So I was very brave and they fixed it. But... um. Yeah, so if the river is a problem, you should say because sometimes it's something simple as a screw and then yeah, definitely. it does get sorted. I'd say on that as well, it's probably worth pointing out that aft of the ship is obviously where the ship's propulsion system is as yeah. well. So a lot of aft cabins, you can sometimes, if the ship's going full speed, you will feel the vibration as oh. well. So probably if you're somebody who kind of can't, can't have any movement or things like that, then definitely avoid the aft as well because you can get quite strong vibrations more lower down yeah. aft as well. 
Um, so that's something to kind of watch out for. So yeah, that's where things will rattle. I know the whole curtain trick, isn't it? <laughs> of kind of, you know, not curtain, yeah, um, hangers yeah. even, sorry. Make sure your hangers aren't touching anything know. else, otherwise you're just going to hear the, <laughs> the hangers rattling all night. Do you know what I do now? I take them out. I take them out of the wardrobe on my last night. Do you? I can't sleep. Once, once it's empty, <laughs> I cannot take them all out. I've never had a problem, but I think it's because we're always usually around about mid or mid aft. Right. I've never been fully aft where I've had that whole. Yeah, I've heard stories, but I've yeah. never experienced it firsthand. I have any spare hangers anyway. Oh, we <laughs> I think that's probably why as well. We had drawers coming open on the last. No way. We're coming open and bake up a little bit, just enough. So we had all the sparse slippers. So we put the sparse slippers in each one. So I did it all. I think the why I could join it. You sometimes find that you become very um, it's like ingenious yeah. on a cruise sometimes with little things like that. It's just like, I need to solve this problem. And <laughs> the most random of things come to you as inspiration of how you're going to solve that problem. <laughs> Anyone that's never cruise will get the wall of life. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually text all our friends on our last cruise the last night. Don't forget to take your wardrobes out, the, the uh, hangers out, the wardrobes. I bet the cabin attendant hates me. Um, <laughs> trying to find where they were gone like, afterwards. It was like torture, so I just put them up and put them on the top yeah. so they weren't all banging. Yeah, I've never come across it. I don't know why. I, I, I've, I've heard so many stories, seen videos online of it happening, the whole hang up, hang a rattle, but I've never experienced it. Oh, last two cruises. No, it's the, it's the last night, Donna, when you've put your cases out. That's when it happens. Oh, of course, yeah. See, I think this is the thing. We're really bad. We're normally, like, drunk the last night, so we usually <laughs> pack the morning. You just come here and feel hungover, just throwing things in a suitcase. That's <laughs> probably why we've never yes. noticed it. <laughs> oh. I don't trust people with my suitcases. That's the problem. Oh, wow. So. When we were on Holland America, the Conning's down, we put our suitcases out for the first time ever and they didn't turn up for 40 minutes when we were on the other side, when we were on the land side. And I just stood there coming, where's my suitcase? I'm having a proper panic attack. So from that point on, it's put me off ever letting the cruise line take my right. suitcases off for me. I was just going to say that obviously, I mean, when you get the right cabin, it is amazing. But the person yeah. to go to is, is you, Kieran, because obviously you know the plans, you can look at the plans, you know how to analyse them. So if somebody's booking... You can give them that advice on where are and some definitely, worst and I think, and this is you should hopefully comes across. This just comes from experience as well of working with somebody. You know, whether you're going and trusting, you know, you guys with the content you've got on your website of knowing where a good cabin is and what the right cabin type is, or working with a good travel agent who knows the ships and knows the pitfalls, the things to look out for. Definitely, not that you have to like become a master in cruise planning, but definitely you want to just keep it in mind that when you're booking your cruise, you want to make sure that you do get the right cabin for you because there are a lot of I don't want to use the word pitfalls, but there are a lot of things to look out for mm. when you're picking your cruise cabin that can have a major impact on whether or not you enjoy it. If you're a light sleeper, these are things you're going to want to think about. If you can sleep through a volcano, you're not going to mind any of these problems. <laughs> cool. So you guys, they, you've got a ton of content on your website. So do you want to just give the guys a little bit of an overview of just some of the type of tips they can find on your website if they want to hunt them down? Well, we're actually going to link in a post which covers all of the topics we've discussed today. And that's going to be linked to this podcast. So that's about choosing the best cruise cabin for your cruise. We've also amazing. got, um, if you search, Donna's got an amazing post on what's included in suite cars. And that's from somebody that's not just researched it. That's from somebody that's actually stayed in suites. So I've done, obviously I know I'm royal of MSC, but yeah. 
Very similar, aren't they? So great, guys. Thanks for that. I think that's a really, really helpful overview of just some of the amazing things you need to look out for when you are booking a cabin. I guess the last thing for us to do is just to leave where the guys can find us online. So if you're looking to get in touch with me, you can search me out on everything. I come up under Magical Traveler. I'm on all social media under Magical TRVLR. And if the guys want to find you, where's the best place to find you? So you can find us both at Cruise Roll or Cruise with Kids. You can search both and we'll cover. And that's all our social channels as well. And you can find me at lightlifegear.com and you can find me at Extraordinary Chaos. If you search Extraordinary Chaos, I will come up with all my channels. Brilliant. Thanks for that, guys. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do leave us a review and also give us a like and a follow as well. And we'll see you on the next episode. All the best. Bye. Bye.